Extreme Anime Radio. Welcome to the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. Now streaming at twitch.tv slash extreme anime radio. With podcasts powered by Anchor at anchor.fm slash anime radio. Please note that our live shows are available to view on Twitch. However, portions of the audio recordings may be edited prior to podcast release. The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect the Extreme Anime Radio podcast in general. We appreciate your understanding and thank you for your support. City in the world, broadcasting to fans of anime and Japanese culture all around the world. Welcome to the one and only Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Finally, after the uh, debacle that happened uh, last week, <laughs> I'm JR, and this guy over here is Mr. Neff. Hello, Neff. How are you? Um, wondering how in the world, on the 21st of April, I wake up to essentially a white Christmas. Oh, no. <laughs> Literally, I get up at about 8 o'clock, mm-hmm. look outside and go, look, at, look outside, look at the calendar, look outside, look at the calendar and go, huh? <laughs> what is this? Yeah, yeah we had uh, parts of the country here have been pretty nasty. Um where I work today, uh, we had some rain pass through really quick. Um, but uh, outside of my house, apparently there was a hailstorm and it knocked down most of the uh, blossoms off of our tree. Ouch. The tree well, which is long- eventually going to be cut down. <laughs> well, I was going to say, as long as it doesn't, you know, punch, punch near holes in your car. Because uh, as far no. as you're paying on that thing. Uh-uh. Yeah, thank goodness we didn't get anything that big. Mm-hmm. Like I know we had in uh, Texas a long, long time ago had something like that, I think. But um, we'd like to welcome everybody here tonight. A um, couple of explanations. Uh, first of all, again, I mentioned this on Monday, we apologize for bailing at the last minute, but we had a little issue called a hard drive failure last time, 
And that kind of put me into a little bit of a mini meltdown because that is, was sort of critical. Um, but the good news is uh, a lot of the stuff that's there I should be able to access elsewhere. Um, it was one of the major methods that I used to transfer material over to this main computer um, for when we do podcasts. For example, I was in the midst of transmitting uh, the interview we did with the, the new Sarah cosplayer, Tori. Um, we were supposed to air that last week, um, and then this happened. So we put the interview up on YouTube, but for the benefit of those who have not seen it, and for the benefit of those who are listening to us on Anchor, we will be airing that interview tonight in its entirety. So we do apologize for all those things. Um, the other reason, um, or the other point that I wanted to make, the fancy microphone is off to the side, and I am on my headset. And for those of you who might be wondering why I'm on the headset, it's because I have a little something right here that I'm going to try immediately on the air. Something I promised I'd try a few weeks ago before various things happened. So this is um, something from my Sakurako box, and uh, it is a little bit messy. So because of that, um, this is going to be the setup for tonight. So, Neff, do you remember what this was? Um, I'm trying to remember the exact name of it, and right now I'm drawing a bit of a blank. <laughs> so this, this, is, this is what happens, you know, folks, when your real job, your first call is supposed to be five minutes. Turns into an hour. Oh, no. But I yeah. put it on my uh, Sakurako plate. It is the Kuzumochi. So Looks it is... appetizing. Yes, it is mochi. And it is drizzled with um, soybean flour. And underneath is, I'm reading off of the uh, description, Okinawan brown sugar. So I've drizzled the brown sugar over the mochi. And then over the brown sugar, I've put the... Um, the powder and the um, the brown sugar seems to have hardened a little bit, so I, I hope it makes it uh, easy to uh, eat on, you know. So, mm. so I'm going to try this now. I've pulled out my spoon, which I either use to have uh, very very tiny Japanese treats like this, or stir my coffee in the morning. Um, I bought this. Um, I think, Neff, I bought this when you went to Japan. I want to say we bought this then, when, hmm. we went to, um, when we went to Echigo, Yuzawa. Do you remember that? I think so. I think we but... bought this along with some of the, um, the housewares that they had uh, in one of the stores in the station next to where we were sampling uh, 57 different varieties of sake. Oh, yeah. Where I proved that Canadians have a slightly stronger liver than Americans. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and uh, take into this now. Ooh, very gelatinous. Ooh, and it's making a mess on the plate. Oh, and elsewhere too. Oh boy, I'm making a mess. It's splattering, it's splattering everywhere. Okay, at least it's not splattering all over you. Yeah, exactly. You know, for those of you who don't know what I'm referring to... I tried to open a bottle of ramen on the air, and it didn't go well. Wow. Or actually, to be more precise, it went well all over me. <laughs> I can't cut with the spoon. 
Okay, it's so that's that reminds me of that line from that movie. Why a spoon, cousin? Why not a knife? <laughs> because a spoon is dull, you twit. It'll hurt more. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't make Jared laugh while he's trying to eat. Yeah. Uh, this is good, although it's still everything sticks together like Mochi should. Hey, I got a clean cut now. There we go. <laughs> there we go. He just had to break out the old chainsaw. Yeah. So the Kuzumochi basically has no flavor by itself. So that's why you have to add the brown sugar and the soybean powder. With that, it tastes a little nice. Oh, did I have something on my mouth? No, I was just, you know, that was that was me. Because <laughs> the end of end of the day, I tend to, I tend to get a little itchy because you know, I tend to get five o'clock shadow at about two o'clock in the afternoon. Uh... so yeah, by now it's like, oh god, yeah, I could use a shave. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, let me try to have another bite. <laughs> it's very good folks he's trying he's trying desperately to eat it and i say desperately because his head is going down further and further and further exactly at, at some point we won't see him at all it'll just be me on on the screen and allow the soybean powder is spilled onto the plate oops yeah so i would say um i will give this a woohoo were not for the fact that i chose the wrong utensil for this so well sometimes you have a spoon sometimes you have a fork and sometimes you really need a spork exactly so maybe maybe it's my failure a little bit of a failure on my part but i just finished the whole thing now kind of guzzling in, into my mouth a little bit <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's a little sticky too so that's why i brought myself a little paper towel here so uh, yeah, that's my ranking. It's going to be a yay on this um, Kuzumochi. Um, I want to thank everybody again for joining us. Uh, again, if you're listening to us on Anchor, you're missing all the fun here of the Extreme Anime Radio podcast on Twitch. So please be sure to follow us at twitch.tv forward slash Extreme Anime Radio like I'm a Bree did tonight. Thank you, Bree, a longtime supporter of the station. Uh, also, shout out to Mika Zelda. A.K.A. Mako-chan, I still call her that, uh, for re-upping her subscription to uh, our channel. Thank you so much for that. And again, um, I really, really apologize for the technical difficulties and the mini meltdown that I had um, last week. So, Neff, I I apologize because I've been talking a little bit too much, but um, I just want to ask you a simple question. Uh Uh-oh. Who had the bigger meltdown? Me or the European Super League? <laughs> well, considering how fast the European Super League melted down, like we're talking snowball in a microwave <laughs> set on nuclear. Two days and it's done. Mm. Although the remnants of that league are shuffling along like the undead, saying, we're not dead yet. We're not dead yet. <laughs> Meanwhile, there are parts falling off as we, as we go. So, oh boy. <laughs> I'm going to take out a little uh, napkin wipe to wipe my hands. I, ha- I have that prepared too, folks. I was going to say, I'm sure he has a, mo- a moist towelette somewhere after all that. <laughs> but that uh, would be the, the smart thing to do. Yeah. 
But um, I know the Super League was a topic that I'm sure we were going to bring up tonight because of our interest in sports. This was an attempt by 12 teams uh, affiliated with various leagues in Europe, various Premier Leagues, including the Premier League, um, to do a midweek competition just among themselves. Now, some of you might wonder, why is that a problem? Well, you see, first of all, that takes cash out of the leagues that these so-called super teams are coming from, number one. Mm -hmm. That cash is used up and down the various divisions. Mm -hmm. But what it also did, and this was the real insidious part, by making this an invite-only club where only certain teams got in, Mm -hmm. it wouldn't matter how bad the club did domestically. They would always be in this so-called super league. So, again, you're taking revenue away from the original leagues where these teams are coming from, and you're basically hoarding it among yourselves. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say something, JR, that you might not agree with, and I only say that because um, it was the American owners of the various teams oh, in, yes. in England who were, the, who were the actual progenitors of this idea. Yeah, my my coworker, my coworker brought it up to me. The guy who moved the Rams. Yeah, Cronky. Yeah, that that uh, piece of work. <laughs> and I, I'm being polite, folks, because as a fan of the St. Louis Rams, at one point, yeah, what he did was unconscionable. But anyways, <laughs> now there have been various executives at various English football clubs who've already fallen on their sword over this because, of course, the, of course, the owners won't. Right. And it's a question now of, okay, how many of them are going to do it? And it's also a question of a few coaches who have been a little yappy about this whole thing. My my personal favorite and the one I think is going to walk at the end of the year, the season rather, will be Jurgen Klopp, the coach of Liverpool. Liverpool. Because he basically teed off on it because he was literally told the same time it was announced. He was not consulted, and he is one of the premier coaches in the Premier League. Mm. So for this to happen... And him not to even get a sniff of it until, did you know, by the way, bang. (laughs) Yeah, he he wasn't happy. I have German friends. I know what an unhappy German looks like and sounds like. Jurgen Klopp was your stereotypical angry German. (laughs) He he, he was ready to, you know, hit you with your bratwurst. There were no German leagues uh, involved, right, or German clubs? No, because... The majority of the German clubs in their Bundesliga are fan-owned. So there isn't that impetuous to, okay, let's squeeze the poor slobs watching us, you know, for every dollar until we can tell what side of the dollar we've squeezed. Right, right. Yeah. So, and and as I said, I mean, I don't think there were any in France either. No, I think PS was PSG part of this? I can't remember. No, it was was six... Six year, um, six teams from the Premier League, three from France, and th- no, three from Spain. Yes, and Spain, three from Italy. Yeah. Now, Italian soccer clubs <laughs> playing, you know, games like this—that's that's normal. That's their thing. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry, that entire league, eek. You know, when it comes to credibility, and you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Credibility and honesty? Yeah, no. No, no, no. So, (laughs) yeah. So you you watch this whole dance of self-destruction and you're just going, wow. (laughs) Yikes. 
sort of like the dance of destruction the Leafs have done the last two games against Uh-oh. a team that has been shut down due to COVID for like two weeks. <laughs> and in theory, walking into Vancouver, a team that's been sitting on their butts trying to get over COVID, mm. and in some cases it was really bad. Right. You know, there were a couple of players, and you knew they were sick. Right. And they right. even knew it to their families. And so you figured Sunday night, which was the first night they were back, Leafs would walk in there and literally destroy them, leave them for dead. New. Not only do they take a 2-0 lead and blow that uh-huh. and end up losing in overtime, then two nights later on Tuesday, they fall behind, catch up, get ahead, 3-2, and then the roof caves in. With four unanswered goals by the Canucks, and the Leafs lose 6-2. to two. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, as a Leafs fan, we're used to the semi-truck going off the cliff. It's just a question nowadays of how is it going to happen? Mm-hmm. And when you're losing to COVID cases, oh, my God. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's still a struggle until everybody gets vaccinated. Uh I keep reading the news about um, the situation in Japan, which is actually getting worse. And I keep hearing everybody up here in Canada going, the Olympics, yay! And I keep going, no, no, <laughs> no, 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 you're dreaming in Technicolor. Sort of like the designers of the Canadian uh, Olympic fashions. And what they came up with, those nightmares. Oh, uh, the Canadian Olympic team, uh, the, what they'll wear into the opening ceremony, supposedly? Well, no, that's the, that, that, the one I'm talking about is the closing ceremony, the denim jacket that looks like it was spray-painted on. Oh. Tokyo, if you don't look at it properly, the way they, they, they've put it on this jacket, it looks like it's toxic. The word toxic. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, no. Then again, you look at what the Americans are supposed to be wearing. Two things came to mind. Uh-oh. Space Force or Sailor Moon. <laughs> I could not believe. I'm looking at this. I'm going, that looks like Usagi's outfit, the top. And I'm going, no, that should not look like that. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going, you're actually going to wear this. Assuming the others go off. And yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> Is a tuxedo mask going to come down and save the Olympics? Is that the plan? At this point, they might need him. <laughs> Speaking, Speaking of Sailor Moon, um, I uh, something else that was supposed to happen last week uh, was a little topic of discussion um, concerning something that I came across on eBay. Um, well, I will tell you the good and the bad, if you'll just give me a moment to dig into my side pocket. I needed a new, um, I need a new keychain, because my Sailor Moon keychain, uh, is at the end of its life. Yeah, it looks like it's been keyed, literally. <laughs> so I went to eBay, and I got my good old friend Sailor Mercury, my favorite Sailor Scout. Oh, gee, as if we didn't guess that. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks like very excellent condition. Uh, still one of the um, original uh, keychains. 
Uh, I'll burn through one of these keychains once a year, apparently, at this rate. So that was the good thing that I saw on eBay. The thing on eBay that made me scratch my head was a figurine of uh, uh, Sailor Moon that I'm going to show on the screen right now, and I will do my best to um, describe it for our Anchor podcast listeners. Somebody on eBay has listed this four-and-a-half-inch Sailor Moon non-scale figure toy figure, that's what the explanation says, for $999,939.99, Plus six ninety five shipping and handling. So what do you think, Neff? All I can think of, and for those of you on the pod, for those of you watching us live, as soon as we come back, I'll show you exactly what I think of it. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh So bring us back, JR, because there's only one thing I could say uh-huh. about that particular ad. Okay. Go on. It should have gone for $1 million. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Evil. Exactamundo. I, I just, whoa. And the best part is, I don't even think that's a legitimate figure. Because I tried to find, I was trying to find out if the Great Eastern Company even had the authority to produce this thing. Yeah. Let's... At any point. Let's look at this. And uh, I actually got an email from eBay reminding me, hey, this uh, this uh, listing has been uh, relisted on eBay. Come on, check it out. Um, okay. Uh, and it's from a California dealer called Animating Games, who apparently has over 12,000 reviews. And uh, they have some other modestly priced items, but this one... Yeah, it really is a, a head-scratcher. And if you go into the listing, um, you can search for this exact title, and it will come up for this price. Um, the listing is nondescript because you scroll down, and then you see the um, the information about how they ship to you. We, we ship with high-quality care. And then at the very bottom, it says, first edition. There's nothing besides that. That's not descriptive in the least. So, but then again, and I'm just going to use this example because people are strange. There is now listings in California for the new Ford Bronco, the full size version. Uh oh, <laughs> hasn't come out yet. There are people trying to scalp their reservations for twice the MSRP. Manufacturer suggested retail price of the truck. Why? In one case, 80,000 80, US because it is a first edition. Sounds like I have to sick Dave Ramsey on them or something. It's like, okay, folks, first edition, no, it's not the be all and end all, <laughs> especially of something as complicated as a car. You know, because, and I take, and I say this because I bought the first model year of the version I have. Right. They have bugs. Some of them are minor. Some of them are showstoppers. If you're willing to pay twice the manufacturer suggested retail price for a first edition, 
uh-huh. that might have more bugs than Roach Motel. <laughs> I'm sorry. You have more money than brains, and you need to adopt me now. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, again, that, that's something you have to... You have to have uh, mad money and make a make a decent living for several years to just to afford the reservation. Mad money, more like insane money. Right. Beta mentioned scalping PS5 systems. I just don't want to go into that. They're still trying to scalp them. I mean, I, the best part is even legitimate retailers are bundling the things. Right. At one point, Costco up here had a disc version of the PS5. In other words, one with the with the with the with Blu-ray the player. Yeah, and a bunch of games, really nondescript games, and a couple of controllers. One thousand thirty-five Canadian. I, I I literally almost fell out of my chair. Jeez, I'm going over a thousand bucks. Then you add taxes on top of that. You're looking at Twelve hundred bucks. Right, you're higher taxes than us. So. Yeah, thirteen percent. So, but I'm just going, and I'm just ah, like whoa. That's... But you know, there might be someone who's willing to pay it. That's why my my viewpoint is I'm not touching a PS5 until the next Gran Turismo comes out, whenever it comes out, because I don't have anything very pressing that will make me want to pick up a PS5. I'll just stick to what I have, which includes the PS3 that I just broke out of my closet again for the first time in I don't know how many years. Ah, yes, the PS3 that I honestly haven't touched in, I'd say, nearly a year. Because (laughs) I stream stream everything out. Like, I buy the Blu-rays to support the companies. Right. But... If I can stream it as opposed to break out the Blu-ray, get up off the couch, put the Blu-ray in the tray. (laughs) No, that's too much work. Wash, rinse, and repeat. Exactly. But I I, uh, pulled it out because at my work, there's been a lot of talk about the Gallop Racer series, the Japanese video game series uh, developed by uh, uh, Tecmo or Koei, or I think they've, one has done... Champion Jockey won us done winning post, and then this was the game that they made in 2011 and ported to North America, I think, one or two years after that on the PS3. So based on that, I have broken out the game, and I have started a new campaign with a jockey named Sarah Yoshida, which, <laughs> which you really can't tell because um, when... You can set the character, you can set the picture of the character, but it really doesn't make a difference because when you go into the game, all the jockeys look the same. Oh, it's one of those games <laughs> where the the front end looks shiny, but by the time you get to the actual gameplay itself, uh-huh. meh. Yeah. But uh, it's, uh, it's something that we may look into. If I can get the, um, a streaming card set up eventually... Uh, maybe that's something I can enjoy playing, old PS3 stuff. I have um, something on the PS3 that I had bought, I guess, a long, long time ago, but I never played, is Little Big Planet. You familiar with that one? I he- I've heard of that one. Yeah. And and for a while, it was all a rage. It was like supposedly the next Katamari Damacy in terms of, you know, yeah. the, the cute little time suck. Right. 
So I wonder if that's something. Maybe I could br- break open the PS3 games that have been sitting in my hard drive for 10 years. <laughs> now, my question is whether that 10-year-old hard drive in the PS3 will just break when you try to turn it. Whoa. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's been working so far, so knock on wood, right? So, uh, oh, Bree has played it. So if we play it, Bree, I'll have to ask for your advice. I will let you... I will let you backseat on that one if I play it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I still have a few things that I have to do around this area. Again, where I am in my apartment, it is very hard to get a gaming desk. So I'm still using the desk that has been handed down for the last two computers that have been sitting here over the years. Uh, but if I can clear up some room to the left and to the right, uh, maybe I can... Um, make this work and maybe before I go to Saratoga we can uh, actually start streaming off of a console be it a PS3, a PS4, a Nintendo Switch I can get to show you guys my Animal Crossing which I've slowly been neglecting lately <laughs> yeah I, I, I keep thinking okay Nintendo Switch, Nintendo Switch then I hear but Nintendo Switch Pro is coming oh crap I mean, I have, unless there's a, the big difference is probably not worth my time. I, I think it's a 4K display issue. Like, you know, the 4K display, you know, nicer graphics, et cetera, et cetera, you know, as they all, as they all are now. Right, right. I laugh because, yeah, 4K and I still got a 1080p plasma that's chugging away, putting on enough heat to keep this place warm all on its own. Yeah. But it's like. I don't want to just toss it. It still works. Same with my TV. It's a 1080p Sony that's uh, almost 15 years old now. And it's still chugging along. Granted, things are starting to pixelate a little bit because uh, refresh rates and resolutions have improved since then. So well, that, That's the big problem because uh, as, as things have gotten better, it's like, wait a minute, um... TV can't keep up anymore. Right. So now, if I really want to invest, I'll have to get a new TV. I'll have to get a new audio system because that's the same age as the TV, my receiver and my Bose speakers. Um, and uh, then comes... Uh, well, that's actually, actually, that's all I would probably need, I think. Yeah, because... I mean, the other stuff, like, for example, your Apple TV, etc. Yeah, it'd be nice, mm-hmm. but meh. Although I think you have a 4K, but you have the now the now old 4K model. Apple TV, right. <laughs> yeah. I had to because, update. of course, Apple this week, you know, did their thing where they're like, give us your money. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, something that... Uh... Again, with regards to streaming here, I'll be looking into, hopefully in the next few weeks, if I can uh, get to work on uh, this little area of my house. Um, It's going to be a little difficult the next couple of weeks because of work obligations, uh, which will also bring me to our streams. Our streaming schedule is going to be slightly different uh, in the next couple of weeks. Um, There will be no podcast next week. I may be in zombie mode next Wednesday, so we might just do another gaming stream, be it 
uh, My Tetsu or something else. Uh, we will play My Tetsu again on Monday of next week. And then Wednesday, it'll be My Tetsu or something else. And then the following week, the next stream will be another version of the podcast, Wednesday night. Now, I'll, I'll point out something someone mentioned in the chat room. Uh, they mentioned uh, when you get a new TV, will you get a new TV with an ATSC 3.0 tuner? Can you even get over-the-air TV where you are? Limited. We can, but it's a little tough, considering all the other homes that are in the area. Mm. Yeah, the funny part is, I actually bought the tuner, um, because Silicon Dust, which doesn't sponsor us, by the way, uh, was kickstarting their new tuner. It's uh-huh. an external box. And I thought it was a smarter idea to buy an external box, which can get upgraded, versus when eventually I buy a 4K TV, if it has a tuner in there, you're stuck with it. Right. Right? But then I realized, Canada and 4K over the air? No, ain't going to happen. But... I can get Buffalo stations. Uh And the funny thing is, those 3.0 signals, I can actually get more channels than the 1.0 ATSC signals. Huh. I I don't know why. So it's like, ooh, I get channels I would never get in in Canada, even on cable. Okay. I'm not going to say no. (laughs) Well, uh, oh, thanks, Bree. <laughs> um, yeah, I if in that department, I may just invest in a smart TV that I could just uh, park over here next to the computer, and I could watch stuff on my own and use it as my monitor if I'm streaming stuff uh, to the Twitch stream. Mm. Yeah, I mean. Everything is connected to the TV in the main ho- in the main room, as you know. But this streaming box lets me watch TV, for example, for example, in the computer room on the two screens I have. Uh-huh. Uh, it has four tuners, so I can watch four different things if I'm so inclined, which uh-huh. if I do that by myself, it's kind of weird. Uh, watch on the iPad, watch on the phone, etc. But what I liked the most was at that point, they offered you a DVR, mm. like a, a solid-state DVR, and basically, you can just throw hours and hours of shows on there. Of course, all I've been doing is taping Jeopardy episodes just to see how the guest hosts do. Oh, go on, go on. I have something to say it's... later. Okay. And Aaron Rodgers just finished his run. And I'm going, if he wanted to, he could walk away from the Green Bay Packers tomorrow and do this job. Because after two weeks, he had it down. Like, bang, bang, bang. He was doing everything rock and roll. That's now... Good. Anderson Cooper has started this week. Haven't watched any of his shows yet, uh-huh. but I managed to see on social media, and maybe this is what you're referring to. There's another guest host coming up, and I'll let Jr. spill the beans on that. Take a look; it's in a book, a reading rainbow. Lavar Burden. I was trying to think of a Jordy LaForge line, and just in that moment, I'm like, <laughs> I couldn't think of one. But I I predicted it a few weeks ago on the podcast or maybe a little bit further back. I thought that LeVar Burden would make a good host. Not just a temporary host, a permanent host. I think he would do an amazing job. 
and they're going to give him a shot. Well, I, I know they've got a few more planned, but I'm curious because, like I said, there have been other hosts where it's like you watch them for a couple of days and you're just like going, no, I no, 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 no. You, you might be a decent human being, but you're a rotten game show host. Yeah. So now we're getting into, I think, the ones that are more of, okay, we can do this. And it's going to be like, okay, but who do who do we want and who will actually do it? Yeah. Right? Dr. Like Oz. LeVar <laughs> Burton, right now, as far as I know, isn't doing much. So he could easily slide into the role. Aaron Rodgers right now has another gig, which pays him a boatload more money, but is inherently more dangerous. Because the last time I checked, he wasn't getting tackled by the contestants if uh, they got the wrong answer. <laughs> Which would actually spice up Jeopardy a little bit, I think. <laughs> you know, wrong answer. Crunch. <laughs> we'll be back after the host's bones knit. Thank you very much. <laughs> and referee walks onto the set and throws a flag and then walks away. <laughs> ah, yes. The referees. <laughs> so... Um, it's already 20 to 9, so what we need to do, Neff, is uh, get to our interview with Cosplay Tori, which I promised we would air on the uh, podcast tonight. Uh, again, a makeup from last week. Tori is one of the newest cosplayers of our mascot, Sarah Yoshida, a wonderful individual to talk to and learn more about. Um, again, her interview is already on YouTube. We made that decision after we had to cancel last week. But for the benefit of those who may not have seen it, and especially those who are listening to us on Anchor, um, we are going to present that interview for you now. Are you ready, Neff? Ready. Okay. So if you are listening on Anchor, we'll be back after these messages with the interview with Cosplay Tori. Extreme Anime Radio is now on Discord. Join our Discord server for the latest news and updates about the Extreme Anime Radio podcast. Support the podcast through Anchor at the $4.99 level or higher and receive exclusive perks, including access to our dedicated Discord supporters channel. For links to everything XAR, including the Discord server and our homepage on Anchor, please visit our link tree, L-I-N-K tr.ee slash anime radio here on the extreme anime radio podcast we're happy and honored to be joined by another one of the newest cosplayers of our mascot sarah yoshida everybody please say hello to tori hello tori welcome to the show hi there thanks for having me on thank you very much for joining us it's our honor as i said uh, for those who are watching us on Twitch or listening to us on the Extreme Anime Radio podcast on Anchor, uh, could you please introduce yourself a little bit? Sure. I'm Tori. I run my cosplay Instagram account at cosplay.tori with a Y at the end. And I've been cosplaying since 2016. And I just love integrating my ballet background into my cosplay. So I was thrilled when Extreme Anime Radio reached out with their mascot, Sarah Yoshida, and I thought, man, what a great mix of ballet and cosplay. So I was so happy to be able to cosplay your mascot. 
we're really honored and we thank you so much and uh you have the hair too i have to point out i do so that's wonderful that's wonderful um <laughs> could you um take us back i guess before cosplaying uh when did you start getting interested in japanese culture in general so i always kind of thought that you know and it was kind of cool but i hadn't really watched it before some of my friends watched it. I saw like one of my friends in eighth grade, she was reading like Black Butler and everything. And I thought, oh, that's so cool. But I just really don't know where to start. But then my brother had been watching Bleach and he mm. invited me to watch it with him. And I had no idea what I was getting myself into because we all know how long Bleach is. <laughs> but <laughs> too long. <laughs> Way too long. But you know, we started watching it together and I thought, man, this is so cool. And then someone pointed out to me because I said, man, I just hit episode 100 of Bleach. And does it really take this long to finish all anime? And they went, no, most anime are like, you know, 12, 24, 36 episodes. Nowhere near the length in that Bleach is. And so I started delving into other anime. I think I started with Akame Got Killed, Death Note, Attack on Titan, pretty generic anime, but from there it kind of just dove right in. I became really interested in like kind of J fashion and, you know, I just became really inspired by it all. Wow. And that's kind of what parlayed into uh, your cosplaying then. Oh, Absolutely. Again, my brother had introduced me to Fate Zero, and he said, you know, it's a little slow at first, but just hang in there. <laughs> we watched the first few episodes, and I thought that it was amazing. One of my favorite intro songs is actually Oath Sign from Fate, and mm. yeah, I love that song, and... You know, we were just watching it together, and then I saw an, a post about Anime Boston on my Instagram just by chance, and I said, oh, what's Anime Boston? Mm -hmm. And I saw that, oh, it's an anime convention. I thought that's really cool, and I saw, oh, yeah, people cosplay at it, so I decided to go as Saber because I had just finished Fate Zero. But I had no idea just how many people <laughs> cosplayed at conventions. I thought it was going to be oh, like a few people. Little did I know that Anime Boston holds over 20,000 attendees, many, many of whom cosplay. So it was just a great experience to delve right into it with my Saber costume at a huge convention like that. Which, um, I know there are a couple of convention centers in Boston. There's one on the waterfront, and then there's one further towards the center part of the city, right? Yeah. The one that Anime Boston is always held at is the Heinz Convention Center that's connected to the Sheridan Hotel. Okay. So that's not the one on the waterfront. That was the one I stayed at. Uh, I stayed at the Westin uh, once in Boston with Neff, actually. It was pretty nice. Um, but I know that's next to one of the two major convention centers over there. Um, what's your favorite uh, moment from an anime convention, would you say? Hmm. My favorite moment from anime convention. That's really hard because I have a lot of favorite moments. If one pops I, up in your head. The one that, you know, is most vivid in my head at the moment 
is actually at Anime New York. I had gone to the Magia Record anime opening. And so they mm. showed the first couple episodes of Magia Record a couple months before it was actually released to the public. And I wore my Madoka cosplay and I got there like three hours early just to make sure I had a spot <laughs> in that audience. It had been so long since the first Madoka Magica um, series came out. I believe the series came out in 2011. So we haven't really received many new things since the first initial like series and the movies came out. And so I just remember sitting there next to my best friend. And when the opening started playing and it had the Quella Magi, Madoka Magic song, like playing in the background, you know, I just felt this feeling in my chest, like, oh, the nostalgia. And, you know, I almost cried. I'm not a. <laughs> oh, no. I don't, I don't like to cry usually, but you know, I just, that feeling and my friend looked at me like, what are you doing? <laughs> but actually at the end of the showing of the first uh, two episodes, when everybody was filing out, I saw the voice actress of Madoka leaving the stage and I was actually able to get a picture with her, oh, which wow. I'm not allowed to post. They told me I'm not allowed to post it anywhere, but they said that I could take a picture with her. Okay. Wow. <laughs> That's got to so be a highlight that, for you. That was a huge highlight for me. And, you know, besides that, that was kind of the most recent convention I went to right before Corona hit. Another huge memory is just the first convention I ever went to. You know, I just never knew how big cosplay was. So when I walked in and people had like were asking for my picture and I was totally not expecting that. And just the feeling of love and support that you just immediately get engulfed in when you walk into a convention center is just unlike any other. Yeah. I've seen uh, many of your cosplays. You have a wide variety of cosplays that you've posted. Um, Madoka, you've also done a lot of Princess Tutu, and uh, you've <laughs> taken some of your cosplays and you've done some video editing to them as well. Yeah, I've been trying to become more well-versed in both photo editing and video editing. Um, just slowly over time, trying new things. Mm. It's a slow process, but I'm working on it. Tori, tell me, um, do you have any favorite cosplays that come to mind besides what we've mentioned already? Hmm. That's tough. I... You know, I always love, I know I already brought it up, but my Madoka, I just love Madoka so much. <laughs> my mother actually made that cosplay for me. My mom's a professional seamstress. Oh, wow. And so everything I learned is from her. That's so amazing. That beautiful, almost gravity defying tutu mm -hmm. for Madoka, my mom made that. So I always love wearing it because just watching the process of it coming all together. Definitely one of my favorites. Um, I would also say my, sometimes I call it my Lolita Diva outfit. Not actually Lolita, just has some Lolita inspirations, but mm -hmm. my Magical Girl Diva outfit. I really like that one because the design process as a whole was really exciting and different. Being able to pull from different Lolita styles and different magical girl anime to kind of create this cupcake of diva. 
Oh. <laughs> uh, I can also see that one of your interests is uh, Ghibli. Yes, I love Studio Ghibli. I think my most favorite Studio Ghibli film is Spirited Away, mm. um, which I know is a lot of people's favorites, but it was the first Ghibli film I ever saw. So again, whenever I see it, I just get that instant sense of nostalgia. And, you know, when the song One Summer's Day comes on, mm -hmm. when I believe Chihiro is on the train, it's just, it just feels so magical. But I also really do love Princess Mononoke. Mm -hmm. I love mossy green <laughs> um, aesthetics. I've got, I can't really see it, but in the corner of my room, Felly Vines hanging and mm -hmm. lots of plants. So... Princess Mononoke definitely fits my aesthetic. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like the Studio Ghibli Museum in Tokyo is a place you have to visit when you go to Japan one day. You haven't been to Japan, have you? I haven't been to Japan, unfortunately, but as soon as I am able to, I am definitely going to be hopping on a plane and taking that very long flight all the way to Japan because it's my top vacation destination. Um mm. I would absolutely adore going to the Ghibli um, Museum. That would be amazing. Mm -hmm. I actually, hopping over to, back to a convention topic, I got to meet one of the uh, people that worked on many of the Ghibli films. Oh. Um, I believe his name is Hirokatsu Kiara. The cat bus is actually modeled after him. Uh, okay. And I got to meet him on two separate occasions. And he brought um, green, like original drawings from the films for wow. us to see. He brought an entire folder of them. So I would love to visit a Ghibli museum because that's one of my, I love Ghibli. Yeah, you have... Uh... You had the uh, a small part of the Ghibli Museum basically brought to you that day almost. <laughs> yeah. Um, what other places do you want to see in Japan? You know, obviously I want to just visit the city, the heart of the city. I want to try as many different foods as possible. Um, sushi is one of my favorite foods. So, yeah. <laughs> so... I want to really just delve into the cuisine. I also just love the architecture. So I would love to be able to see the different shrines and temples and as many different diverse things as I can, you know, really just delve into the experience, take advantage of it as much as I can. Mm. Also, I love deer. So I would love to visit the Nara Deer Park. <laughs> You told me something uh, very interesting about uh, the situation in uh, Nara right now. Yeah, from what I heard, um, since there's not as many tourists, the deer are wondering, where's all of my food? Because usually the tourists come to the park to feed the deer and to pet the deer. But with no tourists, the deer are having to go looking for other places for food. I know exactly, From what I heard. <laughs> know exactly what you mean because I've been to Nada a few times and uh, every time I go there, I, I get visited by like a small family of deer and, and, they're, and their faces are staring up at me like this. <laughs> and if you have any garbage, you have to hide it very well because for obvious reasons, there are not too many garbage cans in the city of Nada. 
Oh, really? Mm. When you walk from the train station, especially to where Todaiji Temple is, where all the most of the deer like to congregate, you don't find any garbage disposal bins anywhere. Oh, wow. So hide, hide your trash. The deer don't get it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but that sounds amazing. Um, let me ask you, Toy, before we wrap this up, uh, are there any other future cosplay plans that you have uh, besides, obviously, uh, or maybe you could share your Sariyoshida ideas with us or any other ideas for cosplays? Well, I last year took some Violet Evergarden pictures with a beautiful line of crabapple trees that are blooming these beautiful pink flowers. And I think that they pro would provide a great opportunity for some beautiful Sarah Yoshida pictures. So I would love to do that. And potentially when it gets warmer, um, also take a trip to one of the uh, like botanical gardens near uh, my house and take some pictures there with all the flowers in bloom. That'll be coming up very soon, won't it? Hopefully. There's also one other place pretty far from me, but it's called Blythewall Manor. Mm -hmm. And it's got a beautiful moon gate. So it's a circle of stones forming a bridge that you walk through. Oh, wow. And I think that that would be a prime spot for any dance photo, but I would definitely love to do some Sarah Yoshida photos there. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, and uh, once again, uh, if anybody wants to follow you on social media. Um, my handle on Instagram is at cosplay.tori. Tori spelled T-O-R-Y. <laughs> so be sure to follow her there. And uh, we'll obviously post uh, some social media links uh, when the interview goes up here on the podcast. Tori, thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate your help with the Sarah Cosplays, and we thank you so much for joining us here tonight on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. We're back here on the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. It's JR and Neff. Uh, Neff, what did you think of uh, our interview with Tori? I thought it was very interesting. Uh, unfortunately, on my end, I seem to have audio issues where I'd hear some of it, and then it would go dead silent, then I'd hear some of it again, so I'm not sure what that was about. But from what I did hear, it was a very interesting inter interview, and uh, the love for Ghibli sh certainly showed through. Uh, in her comments, and that's one of those things I loved about going to Japan myself, uh -huh. the, Ghibli the Ghibli Museum, which was a real treat, you know, and it's like, that's one of the things I want to do again. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. If uh, if we can get uh, Japan to reopen its borders, which I don't think is going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> and if I can finally get my stabs, I'm on the list. Oh, there you go. So, uh, it's coming up soon for you then, finally, huh? Mm, don't know. Um, I talked to somebody who lives in another district. Uh, they said it was about two weeks until they could get their jab after they signed up. So uh -huh. if that's it, that's not too bad. Uh, mine will be hopefully at the pharmacy. You know where this is, right across the road from me. Right. So if I have any sort of allergic reaction, et cetera, at least I'm close to home. Right. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> All right. So I hope things go well with that. Uh, and again, uh, I want to thank Cosplay Tori for joining us and uh, also for her patience because we were supposed to air this last week and ran into the snafus. 
Um, we have some more recorded material to bring you. Uh, maybe for our next podcast, we will uh, air the little uh, cooking experiment that I did earlier this month with Emma Castiel from the UK, where we cooked the uh, ramen pizza. As I said to you when you, you told me about this project, my poor sodium count, eek! <laughs> so uh, we'll look forward to that. And again, there will be changes to our broadcast schedule, so be sure to follow us on social media for all the latest information, which will take us to this page, Neff, and you know the drill. If you have any questions, concerns, compliments, or complaints about this broadcast, or anything you hear on a past uh, podcast or the uh, Twitch stream, drop us a line at ExtremeAnimeRadio at gmail.com. You can follow up with our past podcasts on anchor.fm forward slash anime radio. And if you want to get in touch with us on social media, Linktree, that's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash anime radio. There you'll find links to our Facebook page, our Instagram account, our Twitter page, and our Discord server. So be sure. And our Twitch and our Twitch streams as well. Oh, yeah, I forgot I forgot that little extra thing that we we had at the end of the blurb, don't we? Oops, and I almost forgot too. Thanks. You know, it's like, wait a minute. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, so, turn turn the screws in my head a little bit more. Right. So uh, before I get back to uh, Gallup Racer Land, we're going to do a little bit of Jackbox uh, tonight. Uh, for the first time, I think, in a month. I don't think we've uh, played uh, Jackbox uh, uh, since then, Neff, have we? No, I don't think so. Yeah. So I think a little... <laughs> I'm preparing to get stomped again. <laughs> <laughs> so I think a little trivia murder party and surviving the internet are in the cards tonight. Ah, yes. Murder party. <laughs> so, um, again, uh, as the usual procedure, if anybody wants to join us for the uh, Jackbox, let me know in Discord right now uh, or on um, the Twitch chat, and uh, I'll add you to the uh, Discord server where we congregate for the Jackbox games. Uh, for the rest of you... Um, our next stream after tonight will be Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern. We will continue My Tattoo, which is, speaking of dark, uh, that's going into a whole new direction, isn't it, with that game? Yeah, th we're getting into backstory where it's like, ooh, this is getting a little dark for this visual novel so far. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> uh, so we're going to uh, continue that next week, Monday. Um, as far as the podcast concerned on Anchor, uh, our next podcast will be in two weeks, uh, hopefully the first week of May, we return with the Extreme Anime Radio podcast, because again, I will probably not be in very much of a sane mood next Wednesday, so next Wednesday we'll just do a regular gaming stream on Twitch. Is that because of a certain horse race, or is that two weeks from now? I can never remember the exact date. It things. is coming up, yes. It is a week yeah. from Saturday. So uh, the lead-in to that and the work that comes up beforehand on our end, even though we're not hosting that particular race, uh, yeah, that will leave my brain in mushland. So. Yeah, I, I can well imagine a, a major event like that where you're trying to juggle about a zillion different things. 
and you know trying to ride a unicycle at the same time right and then people start setting those things on fire that you're juggling <laughs> yikes so um we look forward to you guys uh, joining us again on twitch uh, Monday evening, as far as tonight is concerned, we'll take a few minutes and then come back to play uh, Trivia Murder Party. And then, like I said, after that, we'll try to survive the Internet again. So thank you so much for listening and watching our little show tonight uh, back on the air after last week's meltdown. And uh, we will see you for the podcast in two weeks. And we will see you in our Twitch uh, whenever those streams come up. Again, full details and full schedules on our social media platforms, including Twitch and including um, Twitter and Discord. So until next time, for Neff, I'm JR. Thank you for listening and watching, and remember... Keep on looking out for the Extreme Aerial Podcast, and don't forget to check out our Twitch streams. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night. Mm-hmm.